Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we're going to be talking about games we've been playing lately. We're going to share some items of the news, and we're going to be looking at our top five Valentine's Day board games. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 161. Residents of Meepletown, what gifts do you give for Valentine's Day? You know, I've been thinking about this for a while. The, the day is approaching. In theory, this episode is going to drop a week before Valentine's Day. Gift giving and hearts and pink and red and chocolate and all that stuff are on people's minds. And I'm just wondering, what's on your mind? What are the gifts you like to give? What are the gifts you like to receive? Because i got to tell you, I always have mixed feelings about this quote-unquote so-called holiday. Dean, what about you? What are the, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? What, what kind of gifts do you like to give or, or receive? You quote unquote holiday. You what know, do you mean by that? Let's start well, there. People say it has roots, you know, back in the 14th century or something, or even, or even earlier, but I, I feel like this was a, a hallmark invention. I'm not sure it's a real holiday. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, Wikipedia says the eighth century in the eighth century. It's the celebration of the feast of St. Valentine's on February 14th. Yeah. But and then which it became Saint associated with love at that point. Uh, not at that point, sorry, somewhere down the road, it became associated with love. You know, th- there were a couple of different St. Valentine's. Here's a quick nutshell history of, of, of Valentine's day, Maple town, because I know you wanted it. You had this one guy, St. Valentine way back, you know, third century, something like that, who was, uh, you know, marrying uh, soldiers after the Roman emperor, Claudius II, and said, no, they can't be married. You had another Valentine who was helping people escape the harshness of Roman prisons. You had a few other Valentines. All of them were killed by Claudius II. And then somehow there's this other Roman, you know, ritual, fertility ritual, supposedly, where people were like killing goats and dipping the hides in blood and slapping the fields and the women for fertility. And somehow all that culminates into chocolates and uh, Hallmark cards and flowers. Dean, I'm confused. You, le- you left the biggest part out, Darren. And during that time, they were also making little hearts that said, be my Valentine and passing those out <laughs> that to was people. part of the deal. I think so. I mean, I uh, don't fact check me on that one, but it's it's in there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that we have a time of year that's kind of sort of devoted to showing, you know, love and appreciation to to others. Uh, maybe particularly significant others, but you know, I'm I'm glad that that exists. But it's it's still a a very weird commercialized time. And I was even trying to look for what are the top gifts given for Valentine's Day. And, you know, I can't find a clear answer because everything I can find on Google is just to add to buy something else. I, I get I get bad vibes from all of that. So I'm curious, Meeple Town, what types of things do you like to give or to receive for Valentine's Day? We Maybe don't really that's a, do that in our house, do, I think. You don't do gifts for Valentine's Day or anything? Mm, no, we do Valentine's Day. We usually will we'll go out, but I get mad at Valentine's Day because it's always, <laughs> you know, the kids have to make these homemade baskets to receive Valentine's and all that. I'm just like, ah, oh, gosh, this is that sort of thing. I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big fan of. It's yep. It's not my favorite when you have to build the <laughs> things for school like that. And I love my children, 
very dearly. But I don't want to build a leprechaun box to capture leprechauns, and I don't want to build Valentine's Day boxes or... Yup. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Y- y'all are trying to capture leprechauns? This yep. is a whole nother level. Maybe that's yeah. a, a conversation we save for March, but uh, I'm I'm concerned. Yeah, they're very attracted to glitter, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's not attracted to glitter? The rest of humanity. That's right. Nobody I've... likes glitter, I don't think. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, well, can we talk about games we've been playing lately? Can we move beyond this? All right, let's talk about a couple games we've been playing. Darren, because we've actually been playing the same game, not together, because Darren and I live in separate states, as you know. Womp womp. But separately, we didn't even talk about this. This is what's interesting about this one, is that we we didn't discuss this with each other at all. And then Darren mentioned that he was playing Quest for El Dorado, and I said, I just played Quest for El Dorado. And then we are talking about it together on the show. We probably should have reviewed this, but we're not. It's a <laughs> just a quick kind of talk through. So I've been playing this with my son, two-player. Plays a little bit differently, two-player. I don't know if this is the way you played it or not, but you're in Quest for El Dorado with a deck builder, and you are racing to the end of the track. And that's that's really it. It's a very simple... Really, if you play Clank, you'll understand how it works, but it's a much simpler version of of clank but basically you've got these different terrain hexes out on the board and one might be you know like forest one might be the water or or their gold you're traveling through gold mines apparently and you have to play a card to move onto those different spaces so if i play a machete card i'm basically like making my path through the forest through the jungle and i can move on to that hex some of the hexes have multiple machete symbols on there or multiple ore symbols if you have to go through the water making it a little more difficult to get through and then there's other stuff that goes on so I, we were just playing with the base box the base box has a variant that when you go next to the caves you can also take a tile and use those later on uh in in the game and they, they add different symbols or give you different you know more buy power or allow you to move to other spaces but the cards that you're getting are not just those symbols some of them will let you draw cards some of them will let you have money to buy more cards or you know travel farther lots of different cards that you can buy from uh from the bank i guess from the store i don't know where you're buying those cards when you're out in the jungle but whoever gets to the end first is the winner and that's the whole game but we we like this one a lot I like this one a lot. I don't know if my son, he liked it enough to play it again. Um, but he was just like, yeah, this is good. This is, you know, not my favorite, but it's fun. Yeah, th- this was one that I wasn't sure I ever wanted to to pick up. I just happened to to have a gift card to Target and saw it on Target online. And this and the one that I played, I don't think yours was the same. The one that I played was the new version with the Vincent Detroit art and the, um, the, the, the larger cards and all that. You, you have the older version, correct? Oh, show off. Yeah. I'm not showing off. I'm just, you know, um, but I was always intrigued by the new art, but I, you compared it to Clank earlier. I have Clank and I thought, I never really want this one. Clank is enough for me from that, um, in that genre of like racing deck building kind of games. But I'm glad I picked it up. I really enjoyed it too. We also played it two player. And the idea that you've got to get both of your explorers there was fun. You know, that was. That was interesting. You're working to get both of them there to the finish line. And yeah, the market board there, I guess it's a traveling, (laughs) 
market, people are just following you around, or maybe you just happen to come across people out in the jungle and you can, you can pick up stuff. But I love the fact that you only have that bottom row to buy cards from. And then once you exhaust one of those spots, then you can pick any of the other spots in the market row and bring that down. And then now you only have those spots to choose from there in the bottom. That whole little Kinesia twist and the fact that you have to have the exact number of symbols to move on to a spot. You know, you can't just play two Explorer cards to move on to a uh, a, a two machete spot. You've got to have, you know, a two machete card to move on. I just love those little um, thinky elements of it. Like you've got to have a four money card to move through this one mind. If you're not paying attention and buying stuff ahead of time, you can really get stuck like I did the first time I played. Uh, my wife and I really enjoyed this one as well. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, it often gets compared to Clank and even negatively. And a lot of times, you know, it's like a, a simplified version of Clank. It really isn't. It, it really is its own game. It, the different, I mean, the similarities are that it's a deck builder and that you're moving around. But the way that you do it in this is very different and it's simpler. I mean, again, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty simple game, but I still think there's a lot of good stuff to it because there's there are ways to shed cards if you sometimes kind of go out of your way not always go out of your way but sometimes it's you know if you go this direction you can discard some card or, or trash some cards um the cards that you buy are interesting i think you know it's not just those the movement cards that you get there's a lot of really cool cards that you can get and your first time you're playing you might not understand that because the text cards so there's purple cards that have text on them a lot of times, like my son was just like, nah, I'm not going to read those cards. And so I'm just going to disregard them. And I said, hey, look at this one does this. And I think this would really help out your deck. And so there is there is some good strategy to this one. I have, again, I have the older version. I have the first or one of those expansions. The problem is if you want all the stuff, you really have to get the new version of it. And I think there's like four expansions or maybe three and one on the way or something. I don't know. There's a lot of content for this game. I didn't know there was expansions for the the newer version, so I'm excited to to hear that. But even if not, I mean, this base game with its modular board that you can form all different kinds of tracks that it recommends um, or different paths that the book recommends, and you can even create your own. I think there's a lot of replayability just in in this one. And yet, Scratch is a different itch than Clank. It's simpler, but yet I think deeper. And so I was trying to think of maybe I get rid of one of these, but nah, I think I'm keeping them both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I I have both in my collection. I'm I'm completely happy with that. I the expansion stuff. Just for a little bit of clarification, there's not the English version, Robinsberger version, maybe uh, whatever's available in America, like in the United States, is only the base game. I think that's right. But the expansion stuff you can get. You just have to order it from. Uh, from the publisher and it's just not coming to me I, i'm sure there's shops over in europe that you can order it from too or other you know other places but i've looked at buying it there's so much content it's just like oh do i do i pick all this up when i don't know if i'll even use all this i'm completely happy with the old version even the small cards i think are fine for this game because you only have four cards in your hands so it's not you know it's not that big of a deal so we'll see so you're saying this is a purchase for you yeah, absolutely. It's a purchase for me. Uh, I would in, enough so that I'm considering purchasing it again for the new <laughs> version. I need to look into the expansion stuff. The Heroes and Hexes, I think, is the name of the one. Is the one that I have. Um, 
it's cool. I like it. There's there's some good stuff in that one and plenty enough. Like you said, even though the base game, the base game has plenty enough to last you for a while. Yeah. Cool, cool. And you? Yep, it's a purchase, purchase for you purchase as well. For you? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah, question. Good call. All right, that's Quest for Eldorado. What you been playing other than that? Uh, I've got I've got two two I'll talk about here real quickly. Both of these were review copies. Uh, one of them is Books of Time, which was a review copy from Board and Dice that came out this year, 2023. And it's a wonderful player uh, deck building game with binders where you're supposed to be, you know, writing the story of your civilization is sort of the theme behind it. Each player has got these three books or binders. You may have seen this. You've got some of like little trapper keepers, little metal binders that you pull apart and put back together. You know, you can put the pages in there. And you have three different ones of three different colors, color, <laughs> three different colors, and one is trade, uh, one is science, and one is industry. And the, the cards that you'll be drafting into your play area kind of coincide with those same colors and different symbols at the top. And so, yeah, you're trying to draft these cards into your play area, and then from there, you're trying to take them and put them into your binders. And when you do that, you get these immediate benefits there from the bottom, kind of like gaining resources like paper or pens or file folders and and then you can also use um, the actions on the cards by like you can activate them and you can you can turn the pages in your book, which activates other symbols. And you can gain more pages to put in your book, um, but you have to be careful when you're doing that because you also have these objective tiles that have certain you know qualifications for for each type of book. Like some books need to have uh, so many different symbols. Um, included in there at the end of the game. Some of them have to have the same kind of symbol. Some of them have to have certain symbols in a certain order. So there's a little bit of this tension and strategy of trying to draft the right cards and, and put them in the right order and activate the right pages and turn them at the right time. And there's other, there's other things that you can do as well. There's even a, uh, a main board that's got these three tracks that coincide with the three types of books. And you can move up those tracks and gain bonuses as you go and some in-game scoring at the end. And there's, uh, there, there's some other stuff. I, th- I think it's a pretty interesting game. I think it's clever. I think it sounds fun, but it just really wasn't for me. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of icons and things that you're looking at and trying to figure out uh, which one of these is the most profitable. Like I said, trying to meet your objectives there for the end. There's some really cool illustrations on the cards um, of people and places and items and things from history, but there's really no connection that I can find to the actual theme of the game. Cause you're just, I mean, this, the illustrations connect to the theme, but what you're doing, does it connect? You're writing the story of your civilization, but really you're just looking at symbols and trying to, you know, maximize your, your turns and put them in the right order. And, um, I, I, when I was playing this, it made me think of the game after us. We talked about a few episodes ago and how, you know, we liked what it was doing with the deck building, but at least I had said that I wish there was more. Well, this game provided some more, but I still think I would rather play after us. I think that one was more fun than, than this one. If you're looking for an interesting, clever deck building game, you know, this might be it for you. It is, it is cool. It looks great on paper. And I would say maybe it's a play for, for you. If you're looking for something unique when it comes to a simple, straightforward deck builder. But for me, this one is more of a, of a pass. Um, but I appreciate, you know, them, um, board and dice, passing this one on to us to, to give a shot. I'm going to pass it on to you and see if you want to give it a shot and play just by looking at it and hearing about it. Do you have some initial interest in playing this one? Yeah. More than after us I, I, looking at the pictures. Okay. Yeah. I, 
I wonder if it's, is it fiddly kind of opening up the book, the binder to get those pages in and stuff? Is that a hassle? It's not really a hassle. It's easy to open. It's, it's just, I don't know, the, the trying to figure out which, which icons to draft and which ones to play and when to, when to turn the page. And the, the actions, again, on paper, it looks and sounded really interesting. I just, I just didn't have fun doing it for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I'm trying to figure out what that might, what that might be. But, uh, on paper, it looks like one that you would enjoy. I'm excited you're passing this along to me because I I think I will enjoy this one. It looks cool. Well, that is, um, books of time. And the last one I'll talk about real fast is another uh, review copy, except this one is from the op. This is express route, which is also, which also came out in 2023. This one is a one to four player game as well. And pretty much a straightforward co-op pickup and deliver game where you're moving delivery trucks and an airplane around the map of the U.S., picking up packages and dropping them off. Each round, you're you're putting out certain numbers of packages on the map, which will increase your, your demand level, which is a track that you kind of keep, keep up with on the left side of the board. You're also going to be flipping over an event card, which will indicate certain things that'll make challenges for you to make your deliveries. Like some of the, some of the event cards say things like, there's tornadoes in the Midwest, you know, shutting down any kind of travel through that region. Or there's a snowstorm in the Northeast and it shut down this particular airport. And you're also going to have these three batteries you're going to start the game with, and you have to use those batteries. Um, you're spending those basically to either move your vehicles around the map or to, to load or unload certain packages. And each vehicle has a certain limitation at the beginning of the game of how many packages it can pick up or drop off. And so as you're delivering packages, you can either save them at the top of the board to kind of go towards your in-game goal, or you can kind of spend those packages to upgrade something else um, about your, your, your delivery vehicles. Like maybe you can make them move farther, or maybe you can increase their capacity um, to hold packages. And that's basically what you're doing. You're just moving them, picking up stuff, dropping them off maybe sometimes trading packages between your vehicles. It's very straightforward. It's a very light pickup and deliver game, even though I think BGG has it listed as a 2.5, like a medium weight game. I don't, I don't see that. Um, the, the art, the map is just really, it's really bland. There's nothing colorful. There's no eye catching aspect of this game. Uh, but I will say it's got great cardboard. Dean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> that's the, punching that's the positive. <laughs> I, I enjoyed punching out the cardboard. It was, it was very therapeutic. It's good. It's good cardboard, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's the best that I, that was the most fun I think I had while playing the game. Um, it, again, Ooh. this is, I, I feel bad. It's another pass for me, but if, if you, if you like, you know, just straight pick up and deliver, I think it might be, you know, it might be your, your jam. At looking at these types of games, I would rather play something like maybe a Great American Rail Race. I'm sorry, Great American Mail Race, which you can pick up like at Target or other big box stores. It's it's simple. The art is 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 a little more flashy. It's got some really interesting city names and a little stamping mechanic, kind of a similar game, but uh, but does something I think maybe in a little more of a of a fun way. But um, I think it is telling though when you look at this. It's a wonderful player game, and BGG says it's best at one. And I agree. This is really a, a solo game because playing it multiplayer, uh, you're just deciding which package to 
pick up and move and take. I think it's probably going to be a better solo game than, than anything. But, um, but yeah, mm. but that's, um, but yeah, that, 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 that's express route. And again, looking at this one and hearing about it, any interest from you for this one? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to send this one to you as well. Ooh. Okay. Um, yes. Interested, not as interested as the other one. It's interesting. My mind immediately went to the United States postal service, great American, what is that called? Great mail, mail race. race or yeah. Um, but the reason why that one seemed intriguing to me, but it was the meanness of the game that I always heard everyone talk about. There's some take mm. that in that game that people didn't right. appreciate. And I knew that I wouldn't like that from that type of game. This doesn't have that. Um, it's a cooperative element. Seems, seems good. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm with you on the board. It is not, it's not a pretty board. I'll give it that. I'll give it's you bland that. As I'll get out. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to holding the cardboard in my hand because apparently that's the best part of the game. Unfortunately, I've already punched it, so it won't quite be the same for you. But but maybe you'll still enjoy it anyway. No, I don't find joy in punching (laughs) board games myself, but I know people do, so more power to them. All right, well, cool. That is, what's the name of that one again? That is Express Route from the Op. And again, another review copy. Thank you for that. All right, let's get on to some news. Yeah, see the news. See, you've got to stop doing thing. that. It's not <laughs> funny for anybody, but it is me because I get Darren on it every time. I I always volunteer to be the one to open up the news, and I know in my mind that's why I'm doing it. And I'm like, one of these days, Darren's going to catch on, but he hasn't yet. So as long as I start it off. I'm taking over the news from now on. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Oh boy. All right. Well, we do have some news items that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to start off with mine, Darren, because mine is one news item, kind of. It's one news email that I got that's like four different items on here. This is the Eagle Griffin news email that they sent out recently and it's got some good stuff on here so i'm just going to kind of uh kind of fly through a little bit of this stuff first one is the cookie champion this is a game that launches on february 8th so by the time this episode drops it will be on game found and this is the uh the best master bakers in the country and their assistants have come together to determine the winner of the world-renowned cookie baking competition which is that's a big theme right now, I feel like. Um, for me, I, li- <laughs> I like those cooking shows and having a game that that has that. But here's the thing that drew me to this one is you have, um, it's a medium weight strategy game. You've got card management and area control brought by Louis and Stefan Maltz, who did Rococo Deluxe. And so that's a game that I like quite a bit. This is a theme that I like even better. Not that this is going to be that game, but I like the theme. Sounds cool. It's got, it plays one to five, it looks like, and the art looks charming. Got nice little dessert art on there. I like it. I'm I'm excited about that one. I'm just going to keep going until you interrupt me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm not a huge like baking show or a competition theme kind of person, but anything about food, I'm always curious about. Oh, it's got like one of the little thumbprint cookies on the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's got some cool, it's got a macaroon. It's got uh, 
little uh, it's like a little chocolate an, chip. An it's ice. got the uh, the Hershey Kiss um, thumbprint. Is that the one you were talking about? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I see yeah. the macaron now. It's got like a a jelly feel. What do you call those? Like um, almost like a Linzer type cookie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It looks tasty. I don't know anything else about it or how good it'll be, but it looks delicious. What do you call those jelly filled ones? Those are those are some of my favorites. I love those cookies. I call them jelly filled. <laughs> Spoken like a true donut guy. He doesn't know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Donuts. That's what I know. All right. Moving on. Baseball highlights. 2045. This is not a new game, Dean. What are you talking about? But Baseball Highlights 2045 Bases Loaded Edition is going to be on GameFound on March 14th. This is going to have a 15-card expansion, but really the best reason that I could see that this is coming out is because it's going to have a bigger box, which means you're going to be able to fit the stuff in there better. I don't have that problem myself. The biggest issue is not being able to fit the player mats in the box Mm. with, with the lid going down, for me anyway. But I also have the the player mats for that, the neoprene player mats. And so I don't really care about the other ones anyway. So this is not something that I'm going to pick up, although it does look like you're going to be able to get the, the expansion separately. If you already own all the stuff, you'll be able to pick up that expansion. But it's only 15 cards. So I'm wondering you know, if that's going to be worth it to pick it up with shipping and all that stuff. Yeah, this is interesting to me. I just uh, purchased through Amazon the other day, I'm waiting on it to ship the Grand Slam expansion that I've been looking at for a long, long time. And I have finally picked up. And as soon as I do, you're telling me there's another expansion that's coming out. I thought I had everything for this minus like 20 something teams, but, um, huh. And I can't find a page on BGG for this, unfortunately, to to look at it. So I'm curious, what, what are those 15 cards that are coming in it? Well, Darren, you're gonna have to wait. You're just gonna have to wait. Ugh. It just says, it just says, it's an expansion. Com, uh, expansion. Okay, so all of the previous release expansion content, as well as a completely new 15 card expansion. That's all it says. So it has all the other stuff that I just bought plus something else. Um. Yeah, because you're going to be able to buy all the uh, other all the other expansion stuff and in the bigger box. I'm wondering if you'd be able to just p- purchase the bigger box too. That'll be that'll be something that probably a lot of people would want. It also has card dividers, which that actually I would like card dividers. So maybe I'm changing my mind. Maybe I'm talking myself into wanting a box <laughs> now. Well, you're also telling me that I need to cancel my Amazon purchase and just wait for this to come out. You said on Kickstarter, March 14th. This is going to be on GameFound on March fourteenth, but gotcha. who knows when that's actually going to come in? So if you want it now, I'd right. say just get it. I want, I want it all. Okay, well, <laughs> you don't have all the teams, so you might want to pick up some of the teams with the with this one. I don't have I don't all the teams, teams, but yeah, I have I have a decent amount of them, but I don't have all of them. I really just picked out the ones of teams that I knew my friends would want to play with. So like Jonathan is a, Oh, I hope I get this right. Otherwise he's going to be mad. I think he's a Reds fan. I think that's right. But I have Reds fans, friends, and like everyone's a big Braves fan around here. So I picked up the Atlanta team. I got Detroit. I got, you know, ones that friends would want to play with. So the Astros, um, I think there was a Houston one in there. 
but I don't think I have all of them. And it, really, they they don't they're not all unique, and so you don't have to have all of them. It just helps add to the theming part of it, I think. Right. All right. I yeah. better I better hurry up, Darren. I got lots of news to get through here. Bring it. You ready? No more of that nonsense. This is not nonsense. This is the House of Fado, F-A-D-O. I believe that's right. This is a Vital Lacerda. You heard of him? No, never heard of him. Is he a new, young, up-and-coming designer? <laughs> and uh, forgive me for the pronunciation, but uh, Jao Quintella Martins, who is, they co-designed, oh goodness, I just lost the name of that one, Bot Factory. There we go. So this is their second game that they've designed together. Um, this says it has the same bump action as in the gallerist and it becomes a, a straightforward one hour game, but it still has a lot of the, you know, challenging thoughts of, of Vitella Serta games. So, um, people in Portugal, restaurants that, uh, serve traditional Portuguese food, they also have performances of Fado, which is an iconic, world-renowned traditional Portuguese music. And so the cover of this is people playing music in a restaurant. And it is, all I can see is the cover of the box. And it is beautiful. I mean, a beautiful box cover, I think. I love the art on it. I'm I'm excited about this one. I'm, I've not played any Lacertas. I've got a couple of the bigger ones that are a little daunting for me. I'm excited that some of these quicker, you know, easier plays from Vital Lacerda are coming out, but I've not played any of those. This is one I'm interested in. Yeah, this does look nice. I've not played any Lacerdas either. I've got Lisboa, that that monster on my shelf that I'm going to get to eventually. But uh, I've not always heard a lot of great things about the smaller, quicker ones, but I am I am curious. I'm 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 looking for that um that well-received um quick Lacerda experience. Also, because that sounds fun. It looks, like I said, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Well, speaking of beautiful and speaking of Vital Lacerda, we've got Speakeasy, which is a 1920s, you know, Prohibition era game, theme game. And this is the classic Vital Lacerda with artwork by Inotool combination. And I don't believe that this one is going to be your your casual one, although it's not super long, it just says it's a one to four player game takes about 40 minutes per player, which is not awful. Um, but the ultimate goal is to have the most money and become the most successful mobster in the city. And, uh, yep. I, I'm most excited about this one of any of the news that we talked about for this. And I've, again, I've not played a Lacerda, but this is the theme that does it for me more than, Maybe any of the other games that he's designed. I don't, yeah, I would say that's probably right. So I'm, I'd really like to check this one out. I've, I'm guessing friends like Jonathan will pick this one up. It's good to have friends like that. <laughs> yeah, this one speaks to me more than any of the others. But uh, still, I've got a feeling it's going to be another one that uh, might be a little too uh, crunchy for, for my taste. But uh, it'd be fun to have a friend like Jonathan that'll pick it up and that lives nearby that you can play it with. Good for you. <laughs> well, that's all the, that's all the Griffin Eagle Griffin games news, which is very exciting. I mean, I, I'm pumped. That's, that's what they've got coming out in 2024. I don't know if that's all their releases, but that's the big email they sent out beginning of the year email. So look forward to that stuff they have coming available. 
Well, very nice. I've just got two quick news items. One, as long as we're talking about games we may be excited about, there is a a game that originated in Brazil that has been all the buzz, and many people, especially if you watch or listen to any of the Dice Tower stuff, have been trying to to, to clamor to get and to bring over to the States, and finally it has happened. It is happening. That is the game Comet Hunters. Like I said, a, a Brazilian design originally, but this is a... Uh, I've heard it compared to, um, it is to card drafting what modern art is to auctioning, where you've got several different types of card drafting that you'll go through throughout the game and trying to collect these various comics. And really one of the big draws of this game is that it is Marvel comics that you are messing with. And there's been talk about, well, that'll never come over because of licensing stuff and you know, who can make this game in the States uh, that you can draft and trade Marvel Comics? Well, I know the Dice Tower was really big on it. And, uh, you know, Tom Vassell has his Dice Tower Essentials line of games that that he feels that are, you know, collection essentials that he has through the company Arcane Wonders. And Arcane Wonders has been trying to make this happen. And they finally pulled it off because they're partnering with a company that has the Marvel license already. They are partnering with Spin Masters, who's done games like you know, um, Marvel United and uh, those types of things for, for CMON. And so, yes, sometime later on this year, 2024, probably second half of the year, Arcane Wonders and Spin Master will be bringing Marvel, I'm sorry, will be bringing Comet Hunters to the States with all the original art, all the Marvel comics and, and all that jazz. And, and there was much rejoicing. Dean, I know you're excited about this one. Yeah, I've almost picked this one up a bunch, but just paying the crazy high price along with shipping and all that didn't seem like it would be worth it. But I am, I'm real excited about this one. It's, it's always intrigued me. And when I heard the news, I was pretty pumped. I know Mike Delicio is, has really been tooting the horn of this game for a while and a lot of others. I've heard a lot of people talk about right. this game. So, yep, I'm pumped. Yep. I'm excited to see it. I love modern art. And so something like that with Marvel Comics. Um, and with card drafting. Sounds interesting. So we shall see. Um, lastly, one more thing we'll we'll point out, maybe not so uh, so exciting, uh, perhaps for some. The giant company, Goliath, get it, giant Goliath, Goliath uh, has uh, acquired Funko Games as well as um, some of the assets and things from the design group Prospero Hall. This has been some big news here as of late. We won't go into all the details because I'm sure some of this is still unfolding as the at, at the recording of this. But um, you know, Funko as a company has been having various various issues, and they are um, at least from a games standpoint, the gaming part of the company has been acquired from Goliath. And like I said, many of their game titles have have been acquired as well, particularly those of Prospero Hall. And I know there's been some confusion here that, oh, they've acquired the company, the designers, Prospero Hall as well, which is like a design collective. That doesn't seem to be the case at this point, just the assets. And so some of the early stuff that I have heard is that that unfortunately means that most of the Prospero Hall design collective and other people from the Funko Games department are now out of jobs. And... um that really sucks when you when you find out here at the beginning of the year. Oh, by the way, uh, you are no longer employed with us. 
Good luck with that. Dean, have you been following this this story at all? No. So they they did lose their jobs or that was the kind of the hubbub around it that that was the possibility of that happening? From again, at the at this point, the from what from what I can find, most of the Prospero Hall design team have not been have not received the phone call. There's been maybe one or two that have been brought along to kind of carry it on. But Mm -hmm. um, at least at this point, it seems that most of that group and some of the others that were part of the Funko Games uh, design uh, are not being brought over. Just the assets, the titles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Well, I, I've been a fan of those Funko games, a lot of the stuff they've put out in that team. So that bums me out. I hate that. I I've loosely, I heard that they were being acquired, but I didn't, that's all I knew. I didn't know any of the other stuff. So mm, that's a bummer. And and, and some of the employees and things, maybe that's delayed. You know, sometimes those kind of things take a while as uh, money and, and details and things unfold. But, but just at the moment, uh, that's been, and I know they've already planned uh, a few new games from that, but again, most of the titles I've heard seem to be more more children's game focused. None of the other games that we typically associate with Funko have been have been mentioned, at least in anything that I have seen thus far. So right. we shall see what happens to that to that gaming brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yep. We'll, we'll see how that unfolds. Lots of other news that we want to talk about. We just don't have the time. So we might have to push some of these back till a little bit later so that we can talk about some Valentine's Day board games. Let's get to it. You know, Dean, snow may be on the ground in some places, but love is in the air. This is that time of year where um, hearts begin showing up in our in our eyes as we look at our loved ones and try to show our, our appreciation to them and exuberant, exorbitant, what's the word? Large amounts of money are spent to, uh, to make others feel appreciated. Did you know, this is just side fact, I have to thought of this. It's like, I think the average person in the U.S. spends $280 on someone um, for Valentine's Day. Do you spend that much on, Ooh, your, on your wife? I am... No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. I don't know if I've ever done that. Even when we're dating, that's a lot of money. That's a lot. That's hardcore. So what we're going to be talking about today is not how much money we can spend on them, but the quality of time that we can spend with one another. We're going to be talking about our top five games for, for Valentine's Day. And again, this is something that doesn't have to be played necessarily just with a significant other. There, there's lots of ways to celebrate this in Valentine's Day. And so um, maybe that affected how you went about your list. I'll say real quick how I went about making this list and then and then let you talk about yours because I, I wanted to be mindful of, you know, there's, we're talking to lots of people. Some people in this have a, have a significant other. Uh, some people listen to this don't. Some people will celebrate Valentine's Day with someone. Some people celebrate it by themselves. Some people will celebrate it with lots of people. And so as I'm thinking about my list, the top five games I'm going to be mentioning are games that Cindy and I could potentially play, you know, on, on Valentine's Day or whenever we get around to celebrating it because Valentine's Day uh, usually is tricky for us to celebrate actually on that day. So sometime in the next week or two, we're going to do something along these lines. And so these are the five games that we might potentially uh, play. But in my honorable mentions, I'll also be talking about games that someone might play if um, if they're flying solo that night 
or if they're having a, a Galentine or Palantine type of gathering. So but that's sort of how I, I went about ranking this, this list. What about, what about you? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I, I, most of mine are two player only games. And so I had that in mind, same thing that I, games I could play with my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly though, I don't, I'd, I'd be real surprised if we played any board games on Valentine's day, but you know, we tend to play seasonally, you know, games that we like seasonally that we like Christmas games. We like Halloween games. And so we'll probably play some of these and some of the ones that you added as well, maybe some other ones, but, um, yeah, I, I guess kind of whatever feels good. Some of these could be played two of mine for sure could be played with a group with just that, the holiday in mind, I guess. But for the most part, I was thinking, what are games that I would like to play with my wife? If we were having a candlelit night with board games. <laughs> that sounds lovely. All right, well, I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and kick it off with my number, my number five. Again, I think kind of thematic for the season uh, because it not only um, can, can be a, a tasty play, it can, it can be a feast for the eyes. It looks, it looks delicious. I already mentioned how I like food looking games. This is Truffle Shuffle. This is a 2020 game uh, designed by the, the design team that you see a lot in, in some of these AEG type games, who is the publisher, like Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, Sean uh, Stankiewicz. Uh, the artist by Dylan Mangini plays two to four players. And, that, and that's typically how we'll play it, is just the two of us. It takes about 15 to 30 minutes, and that's, and that's legit. This is just an open drafting set collection game that looks like a box of chocolates. And it really, to be honest, it really looks like Seven Wonders and Rummy and Uno had a baby. But don't worry about the science of that. The drafting in this looks like Seven Wonders Duel with uh, with like one row of cards, uh, you know, face down, laying on top of another row of cards face up. And you can only draft the cards which are fully visible. And basically, you're just trying to collect poker style hands things like four of a kind or straights and et cetera. Uh, some of the cards have special abilities like a draw two or, or, or skip your opponent. And you'll be able to use those cards um, in various times in various ways. And basically you're trying to collect these runs of cards or these sets of cards, trying to spin them um, or use them to fulfill orders to stores to collect money. And that's who wins the game is whoever has the most money at the end. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's a beautiful looking game, but I, I absolutely stink at it. I have no good. I don't think I've ever won it, but um, I do like looking at all those little chocolate pieces because one of my favorite things around this time of year is an assorted box of chocolates. And that's why my number five is Truffle Shuffle. Good call. I always think of Goonies whenever I think of Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> and so I giggle every single time. It comes up a lot. It really does. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go watch The Goonies because it's the best 80s movie ever. All right. <laughs> My number five is taking on the theme that love is a battlefield. And so I went with Memoir 44. No, I didn't. I didn't really do that, but I thought that would be fun to kind of go that that theme, right? Just like, you should have. I hate all things Valentine's. I'm going to blow it up. So <laughs> My number five is actually Obsession which is a game that can be played with up to four players. It's a game that my wife and I really enjoy playing, themed around like a Downton Abbey uh, kind of kind of setting where you are 
um, trying to have the the best uh, family. You're, you're trying to have like the the like most popular, successful British upper class family in the mid 19th century, Victoria, England. And you're going to do that by taking these tiles and hosting events. And you have to use the cards from your hand to be able to host those events. They're going to be the ones that are hosting them. And you use your different meeples as well to kind of cater to those, your valets and your footmen and all that sort of thing. If you know Downton Abbey, if you love that show, this is fantastic. It's really, it feels so much like you're watching that series. In fact, I want to watch and rewatch the series right now. I'm going to text my wife in between yours and mine and say, we're going to rewatch this series. But it'd be fun to do that for Valentine's Day, right? Like to to dress up fancy and and uh and play this game so that's my pick at number five obsession i've never had a desire to to play this game but man it has got a cult following um a large cult following it's impressive how it has taken the board game world by storm my number four is uh, a simple small little card game one that you know you might say could fit in your wallet this is Tessie Mussy, which came out in 2019, designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, art by Beth Sobel, and published by Buttonshy. It plays one to four players, but really we're thinking about, I'm, I'm looking at this as a two-player intimate experience over dinner. You know, you mentioned a candlelight night with board games. If you're having a candlelight dinner, maybe you're out on the town or maybe they're at the house, they're at the table while you're waiting on your food, you can throw down some Tessie Mussy. This is an I split you choose card game based on the kind of going along with your Victorian obsession based on the Victorian custom of assigning meaning to flowers given to friends and lovers. Each person um, on their turn is going to take two. They're going to draw two cards and offer them to their opponent. One of them face up, one of them face down. The opponent then takes one of the cards and then you take the other. And then, uh, then they'll take their turn. Or if you're playing more than two players, it just kind of goes around the circle like clockwise one way. And the next round, you'll go uh, counterclockwise. And basically, you're going to do this. Uh, you're going to play three rounds. And each round will end when everyone has four cards. And each flower card has, some, has its own way of scoring. It may have a special ability like score this many points for, for this color card that's adjacent to this. They all have different ways to score. It's quick, it's fun, it's thinky, and it's only 18 cards. It's got expansions you can add in if you want to, but it's great to, to just take with you, throw in your pocket, and um, throw out on the table. So if you're looking for something to do while you're maybe you're waiting, you know, re- Valentine's Day, restaurants often take a while. Whether you're waiting on your table or waiting on your food, Tussie Mussy can be a good friend to have with you. I like it. My number four is uh, part of, I think of like, you know, going to a different place is, you know, a romantic place like Paris, right? And so my number four pick is Paris, la Cité de la Lumière. I don't know if I said that right, (laughs) but this is a game I've talked about a lot on the show. This is a two-player only game from Devere, and this is a game that has two phases where first you are placing your tiles out onto the board onto the um, cobblestone street to kind of claim your colors and or taking uh, building tiles. This, these are different polyomino pieces that you're going to take 
And then the second second phase is going to be placing those out onto the board and or taking these postcard actions that there's only, I think, eight that come out per game. I get four, you get four, but it's kind of a race to whoever gets those first. And that is the whole game. You want to place your buildings out on the build, out on the board next to streetlights. And, and also there's other ways to get points and things like that. But it is a really fun, really thinky game, which is why it's a little bit farther down on this because I don't necessarily want to play a heavier game. Not that this is heavy. It's not heavy at all, but it's heavier, thinkier than maybe some of the other ones on the list. So that is my pick, Paris, La Cité de la Lumière. <laughs> By the way, I could be butchering that, but I feel like I I try I give it my best my best effort. Perfect. Now this is one that I've want to play. I, I've never played this one. I've been to Paris a few times, and uh, something about this makes me want to play it, especially because of the extra cards, the powerful cards that you can pick up to do special things. I don't know if you mentioned that because uh, I wasn't listening, but mm-hmm. but they look fun and sound and sound really interesting. Yeah, and the expansion adds even more of those, and you can mix and match those, which is cool, which you add in some of the different, you know, the iconic buildings that you would see in Paris. And so, yeah, I should add this one to the pile, Darren. Yeah, man, we can play it. It'll be a nice romantic getaway for us. (laughs) Speaking of romantic getaways, my number three, what's more romantic than spending an evening with your significant loved one on a stranded, deserted island? This is Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. I mean, nothing says, nothing can pull people together than fighting for their very lives, struggling for survival. Uh, This is a 2012 portal game um, designed by uh, Joanna Kiljanka and Ignacy Chevichek, art by Vincent Dutre. And we've talked about this before. This is a top 50 game for me. It's a co-op worker placement exploration game where you are shipwreck survivors trying to find food and fight off animals and build a shelter to protect yourself from the weather. And the, the game is full of several scenarios with different types of rules and goals that can kind of keep it fresh and change things up and tell marvelous stories, which is one reason why I love it so much. And of course, it's got that action deck that you'll go through that when you first flip one over, you'll get a benefit potentially, but then usually there's a negative effect that could literally come back to bite you later on in the game. Again, I cannot think of a better way well, maybe it is only number three of spending an evening um, with a loved one than stranded on an island playing Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. Excellent pick. Interesting pick, but excellent <laughs> pick. <laughs> All right. My number three is a two player only game. This is the Fox in the Forest duet. This is the cooperative version of the Fox in the Forest, where you are uh, playing a two player trick taking game trying to pick up gems that are along the path. And you're going to win the game by picking up all those gems, meaning there's like push and pull depending on, um, you know, you move along the path in a direction based on who won that hand and how many spaces is determined by the difference of the card values. There's also some special abilities that are listed on some of these cards. And that's it. You're going to lose the game by going off the board or running out of time. And, it's a pretty simpler game if you know trick-taking games, but it is a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun with this one in the past. That is the Fox in the Forest, Fox, excuse me, the Fox in the Forest duet. I do love me some two-player trick-taking games. You're the second person to mention this to me in the last few days, so I'm going to have to Put check it on this the pile. one out. Yep, throw it on there. <laughs> we got time. 
<laughs> my number two is also a two-player game. Well, it's a one-to-two-player game, but but really the best way to play this one is at two, and that is Wingspan Asia. And I'm saying that with the Oceana expansion thrown in, this is my favorite way to play Wingspan is Asia, two-player with Oceana thrown in. And again, if you probably know, but Wingspan is designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. Oh yeah, that's my second Elizabeth Hargrave design on this. Way to go, Liz. Uh, art is by Ana Maria Martinez. Um, Euromedio. I know I mispronounced that. Natalia Rojas and published by Stonemeyer Games. This is a standalone expansion for Wingspan. And one of the things about this, and I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this before, but one of the things that makes this one unique is that you have a almost like an area control type board in between the two players. And you have these different uh, yin and yang tokens on your on your own very own player board. And every time you play a card, you're going to remove the token from that spot when you put your card down and you're going to put it someplace on that area control board, which will give you certain bonuses, maybe certain resources or things that you'll need. And also will go towards the potential end of round end game scoring goals at the end. Uh, again, I love the fact that um, it's quicker this way, especially when you add the nectar tokens in from the Oceana expansion. You don't have to grind for resources. It's easier to get what you need to get your engine going. It's beautiful. And um, I just I just love it. Like I said, this is, if I'm going to play Wingspan, this is the best way to play. And the Cindy loves the, the Wingspan games uh, more than I do. So this is almost a perfect match for us to play from a gameplay standpoint. And, you know, the art is just beautiful. So, yeah, my number two, Wingspan Asia with Oceana thrown in. Good call. All right, my number two is a two-player-only game again. That is Codenames Duet. Now, you can, if you have more players, play other versions of Codenames. Duet's really cool because uh, a lot of people, if I remember right, Johnny Meepletown, this was his favorite version of the game. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I really like it. It's interesting because you're going to put a card in between you. If you know Codenames Basically, you're laying out a grid of cards. In this case, it's a five by five grid. And I'm going to give you one word and a number. And you are trying to one at a time point out the cards that I'm describing. If you get them right, then I'm going to put the right marker on there. If you get it wrong and it's a neutral card, it's not a big deal. But if it is a assassin card, whatever it's called, it's called that different things in different games. The assassin card is going to lose you the game or if you run out of time in this one, which is the the extra element making it duet but the cards that i'm describing to you on my card are different than the ones that you have on your side but sometimes they're the same so it's possible i'll cover up a card that uh you needed to cover up and so that element is is pretty interesting i actually just played codenames harry potter which is the same it it uses the same mechanism in the harry potter version and uh, i was reminded of how much i like this one a lot but this this is cool it's a good game to really, it's a good date game. If it's one of your first dates too, a great way to get to know each other and how each other's minds work and see if you're, if you're compatible. Cause if you can't play this game together, you're not compatible. That's not true actually. Cause I'm pretty bad at this game. Is that what you do when you're um, doing premarital counseling? You tell them, okay, yeah. look, just go play codenames duet. If it works out Ooh. great, Hey, you're good for each other. If not, you know, better to cut your losses now. I might add that element in, not exactly that element, but elements of that in, Darren. But this one is my number two, Codenames Duet. Sounds great. Never played that one, but one day, maybe. My number one 
is probably one of of Cindy's favorite games that we play. And anytime it's just us, the two of us, and we want to play a quick game, this is always the first one we think about and consider. And when I was making this list, I asked her, hey, what do you think are the top games that would make our Valentine's Day list? And this was the first one that she mentioned, and I knew that it would be. This is the 2014 Masterpiece by Uwe Rosenberg, Patchwork, published by Lookout Games. Uh, it is just a two-player game, plays in 15 to 30 minutes, or a whole lot longer if you just sit there and agonize over it, but but don't. Just make a decision and move on. Because this is a polyomino tile placement game where you're drafting tiles out of a rondelle. Whoever's behind on the time track keeps taking turns until they're in front. But the real fun of the game is always deciding how much time to spend. And, you know, the, the hard part of this, though, is that you will lose points for each square not covered on your player board at the end of the game. Needless to say, I, I always lose. Uh, maybe this is a great Valentine's Day game because, you know, that idea of losing points with tiles, not covering certain squares, maybe maybe that symbolizes absence making the heart grow fonder. I don't know. But either way, it's there is actually a Valentine's version of this. There's tons of versions of this. We have like the Christmas and the Halloween version. They're almost the exact same game, uh, just different art. There's a there's a Valentine's version uh, if you want that one as well. Um, this is um, this is a great one. We we think about it a lot. We go to this was an obvious number one for for us. That is Patchwork. Yep, good pick. I consider that one on my list as well. My number one is a game that can be played with more than just two players. You can play up to four players in this one. That is Azul, specifically Master Chocolatier. If you don't have Azul, this might be the version you want to pick up just because it looks really pretty, although the original one looks fantastic too. I don't own the Master Chocolatier version, but it is on uh, BGA. It's on Board Game Arena if you wanted to play it on there. It really, it's just Azul. You can play just the regular Azul version of this. Or if you're really big experts in Azul that's got some t the uh, factory tiles that you have on there have special abilities. So when you go to take tiles from that factory, you can trigger the special ability on those tiles, which is interesting. I actually just prefer the regular Azul with this version, but the reason why I'm saying it, this one is because it looks like a box of chocolates and all the tiles are really cool looking. You might even be able to find some chocolates that you could play with in this game and then eat the game afterwards. That's something Azul should do. But alas, these are plastic and you cannot eat them. So that is Azul. By the way, you're, you're drafting tiles. You're putting them out onto the board. You've heard this podcast before or any other podcast. You've probably heard this game talked about. Really one of the great games of the last several years and one that I played recently and just remembered how much I love it. That is Azul, and specifically Master Chocolatier. And that's going to do it for our list of Valentine's Day games, except we might have some honorable mentions. What you got, Darren? Yeah, I've got several. I'll blow through real fast. Um, I've kind of put them in categories. And so these are some honorable mentions that, that Cindy and I might play because, because we enjoy playing them together. That would be things like Chocolate Factory because it's candy-based, but you're making a factory. It's like the Industrial uh, Revolution version of, of Willy Wonka, you might say. But, but great if you're looking for a good a good thinky uh, Euro game with a cool conveyor belt mechanic. Chronicles of Crime. People like watching their crime series on television. Solve a crime together. That's a great time, great way to spend 
uh, Valentine's Day. There's a pocket game from Button Shy called Revolver Noir. It's almost like the old Spy vs. Spy comics. It's just a few cards you're playing. That is a two-player, that, that's a lot of quick, just fun, outthinky type stuff. Princess Bride Adventure Book Game. As you wish. Need I say more? Mantis Falls is a <laughs> Mantis Falls is a two-player game. I know you and Johnny Meepletown played that one back on the channel many, many moons ago. But uh, if you really want to sow some distrust in your partner, uh, Mantis Falls is a is a good one for that. If you're looking for something to play with a, with a Galantine, a bunch of ladies, or 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 a uh, or a Palantine with a bunch of guys, then uh, you know, love letter can be a great one. Draw a card, play a card. What better way to spend Valentine's with a group of people? Viticulture Essential Edition. Drink some wine and and play a game about growing wine. Or really, like you said earlier, if you just want to blow up Valentine's Day. Dean, then I say Zombicide. Pick your favorite Zombicide game, get a bunch of friends together, and just destroy stuff. How much fun could that be? Lastly, the solo category. Again, if if you're you know if you're going to spend Valentine's Day or this season, whatever it is, you know, on your own, then treat yourself. Play some epic solo game or campaign you've been wanting to play for a while. You know, for me, that would be something like Mage Knight or Nemo's War, some of those games I'm trying to get off my shelf. Or maybe games that I just have way too much stuff for, like Marvel Champions or Arkham Horror, the card game. You know, some kind of campaign game you can just lean into that's got a great story and just lose yourself in that. That would be a great way to play. Or if you want to get violent, there's a great solo game called Spire's End. This is like a, a TV mature type game where it's, it's kind of a choose your own adventure, roll some dice and kill something. Spire's End. There's a few um, uh, storylines of that. They even have a Kickstarter for one of the new branches of that game on is a Kickstarter game found. I can't believe I've forgotten. I'll look it up while you talk, but Spire's End is another good uh, violent solo game if that's the route you want to go. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Ooh, that's a lot of honorable mentions. You thought a lot about this. I've got I a have. few, <laughs> <laughs> but I was mostly thinking two player again. Um, so those small ticket to ride ones. This one probably was my number six. That there's lots of different cities: the London or New York or Berlin. I think there's a uh, Paris that was just announced. That's not out yet, but there's there's other ones that are available. I think pick which whatever one sounds good and play that. It's quicker ticket to ride game also plays up to four yokohama duel now this is a weird pick because yokohama duel is not a very kind game you can take people's spots and they will not like it however there's two ways to play this one sitting across from each other if you flip the board over and i recommend setting up the table this way you can sit next to each other and so Mm -hmm. you just meet somebody your friends but oh hey we got to sit next to each other in this booth with this candlelit dinner we're just friends but you know this is this is what we're playing you could do that if that's what you want to do. Sneak attack. And Sky Team is another really, really cool uh, asymmetrical two-player cooperative game where one person is in the, uh, the kind of the air traffic controller. The other one is a pilot trying to land a plane. Really cool mechanisms, mechanisms of this one of just dice placement and interaction between each other. And then finally, Flower Shop, the dice game. Flower Shop is a is a card drafting game, and then this is the dice version of that that plays two players. Really fun game. Both of those are fun. I like them a lot, but having that flower theme around Valentine's Day is pretty cool. So those are all of our honorable mentions, all of our Valentine's Day games. If you would like to get in touch with us, definitely reach out to us on all of our social media streams at Meepletown Games. You can also connect with us on Discord or on Board Game Geek Guild number 3407. 
We really would like to have some more mailbag items, so send those to send your questions to meepletownmail at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Later. All right, Dean, I got a question for you. What you got? What did the paperclip say to the magnet? What? I find you very attractive. <laughs>